Hello, Assalamualaikum, selamat pagi, selamat tengah hari, selamat petang, selamat malam Depending on when you listening to my podcast recording Hari ni kita sambung lagi RMK354 Our discussion on matters related to construction law And of, as of today, kesinambungan kelas minggu lepas We will talk about the relationship between main con and the subcontractor if you guys remember just to recap what we have discussed last week uh, the discussion was on the relationship involved between the client and the main con and today we will continue uh, a bit a bit, a bit a, which involve relationship that in uh, between the uh, subcontractor and the main contractor Um, in the construction work, this is a very, very um, normal situation where we have the main quant uh, engaging a lot and a lot of subcontractors depending on the size of the project um, to assist them in completing the job. So you might, you guys might wonder why in the construction project you need a subcontractor. So just don't don't look at the subcontractor as a a normal subcontractor because there to a certain situation you meet you might need people who are experts in their very own area for example uh, you might be a very successful main contractor however you might have limited knowledge when it comes to piling works and there you go you need a piling subcontractor to complete the foundation of your project before you can proceed with other things and also look at for example oil and gas Um, you need uh, expert welders to mean on offshore's work on the platform these uh, welders they are being paid a lot of money for the expertise in welding works on the platform so they are sort of uh, subcontractors to the main contractors to complete the whole project alright so jangan pandang kecil anak kepada subcontractor ni we have normal subcontractors yeah we do have that but we also have specialized subcontractor in doing their stuff okay so um, we have uh, just a bit of recap of what we have discussed on the parties involved in the construction project so again I want you to recall the pyramid the upside pyramid upside down kita ada client left hand right hand kita ada contractor and consultant and di bawah the contractor we have the subcontractor and suppliers sub suppliers and what not and we have these people that we call as domestic subcontractor as well as nominated subcontractor the nominated although they are named by the client however the contract relationship the contract signed between the parties are between the main con and the subcontractor What does it mean? But it means that the client are a third party to the contract. Even though the client are the person name, naming the subcontractor, but because of the contract structure, where the subcontractor sign the agreement with the main contractor, in that situation, the main contractor and the uh, subcontractor are parties to the contract. On the other hand, the client is not a party to the contract. So, what will be the significance? The significant to this situation will be whatever the rights and obligations of the parties are they are bound by the contract. The client are not bound to it. 
So sekiranya If you look at my slide Page number one In term of payment Sekiranya subcontractor need the payment He will apply the payment to the contractor And the contractor will then apply to the employer To the client The, the payments uh, uh, involved So in the in the application of payment By the main contractor to the client It might involve his very own payment Plus the payment of the subcontractor Can the subcontractor go direct to the employer? By way of contract He cannot apply directly to the employer Because the contract is in between The subcontractor and the main contractor only Is that the only way for him? Okay, we will discuss about uh, payment to the subcontractor and how he can secure his money in our next future class. Okay, when it comes to the topic of payment. Apart from that, we will just in, uh, today we will just focus our discussion on the relationship of the parties in the subcontract uh, contract subcontract relationship. Okay, how many banyak tersasul sikit Okay, um, tak apa, it's normal that we are, I'm talking here all alone, just imagining that you guys are listening to me. Alright, the general rule, the parties in contract, whoever they are, must perform in exact and precise with what the parties promise. This is provided by section 38, subsection 1 of the Contract Act 1950. And it's also uh, stated by the court decided by the court in quite a number of cases but among the the earlier cases was uh, Carter versus Power the case was decided in 1795 just imagine the age the the time the case was decided by the English court as well as Bolton versus Mahadeva in 1972 and also provided that if one party fail to perform completely Under Section 40 Contract Act 1950, the contract can be terminated. So this is very very interesting. If you look at the the the, the wordings there, Section 40 says if you did not perform the contract completely, the contract can be terminated. What does it mean by completely? Uh, this is subject to discussion, further discussion later. Yeah? So for example, if you uh, contract to have um, Uh, to have a car and you want to, wanted to buy a car but somehow the dealer delivered to you a motorbike so the contract can be terminated because he failed to perform the contract completely he wanted a car he sent you a motorbike that's, that's very easy because the, the, the nature and the subject matter are totally different what about what happened if the things are The same but not complete. Uh, okay, we will talk about the matter in a bit, uh, uh, bit later, yeah. Okay, um, let's look at the contract Act 1950, section 38, where it said, stated that the, the obligation of parties to contract and section 40, the effect of refusal of party to perform the promise wholly. This was the thing that we discussed uh, a bit earlier uh, in the in, in slide number two. I'm referring you now to set number three, number four. I'm sorry. To be ascertained whether the contract is entire or divisible. So question: Whether a party, the contractor or subcontractor, fail to perform his promise completely, is entitled to payment. 
So as I mentioned to you earlier, between a car and motorbike is easier. It's a different four tires and two tires, different thing. So you can totally terminate the contract. But what if you want a house with certain size, for example, 40 kali 20 meter? But suddenly, what you are getting, you're getting a house with a size of 39.5 kali 19.5 meter. Is it a house? Yes, it's a house. But the only thing is that the house is a bit smaller. Okay. So what the, the, what the, what does it mean? What does it say? What the, what the law said about it? If complete performance is a prerequisite for payment, then this is an entire contract. Kunci Raman versus Goh Brothers, 1978. If the party is entitled to payment for the work done, then this is a divisible contract. Tong Ai versus Easter, 1963. So in this particular slide, it talks about uh, payment. Kalau buat, kalau katakan complete performance is a condition before payment can be made, then you have to complete the house. Okay? Tapi, if the party is entitled to payment for the work done, this is divisible, meaning it can be separated the payment. So, you buat tiang, you dapat uh, payment. You buat bumbung, you dapat payment. So, this system has divisible contract in the case of Tong Ai versus Eastern, 1963. So meaning in both ways, you can decide what nature of contract you are uh, entering, you're engaging yourself. Okay, if it is a comp entire contract, then you can set customer, and you, only then you can apply for payment. But however, if it is a divisible contract, you are allowed to claim in stages depending on the agreed stages for payment to be made. Okay. In case of Ming and Co versus Leong Ping Ching 1964, an entire contract is one which the entire completion of the work by the contractor is a condition precedent to a payment. A contract in respect of which progress payments are made from time to time is not an entire contract. What does it mean? It means that, as I mentioned earlier, kalau contract itu, you can siapkan semua agreed beforehand, only then you are entitled for payment, that's the term you have to follow. An entire contract also known as indivisible contract. If you look at the previous slide, we talk about divisible, an entire contract is the contrary. It is an indivisible contract. Dalam entire contract, tidak boleh ada stage of payment tak ada the steps you kena bayar sekali banyak once the comp the job is completed in a divisible contract you boleh claim according to stages ok siap stage you claim siap stage you claim right so these are the differences and now remember I asked you about the, the the issue whether the project if it completed but not according to the agreement not completely completed we're talking about a house size of 40 times 20. Upon completion, you are getting a house with a size of 39.5 kati 19.5. It's less, a bit smaller than the one you agreed before. What happened in, in such a scenario? Can you terminate the contract? Can you mean, refuse to pay the contractor if you are the house owner? So will, we, will it be just to the to the contractor not being paid although he completed the whole project except that the the project the house is a bit smaller than the agreed uh, contract between you and him okay the law in page uh, slide number six recognized 
the doctrine of substantial performance. What does it mean? It means that a party, for example, the contractor or subcontractor, may be excused from complete performance if the failure to complete relates only to an unimportant part of his contractual obligations. The law permits a claim to be made by the contractor for the agreed price subject to a counterclaim for damages. This has been uh, stated in Building and Estates Limited versus Corner, 1958, Malayan Logenon 173. Okay, what does it mean? It means that you're getting a house, right? So it's a house. Can you still uh, live in a house with a size of 39.5 times 19.5? You can still live in a house with that size. But can you uh, claim for compensation for the contract not to follow? not to follow the actual size, you can claim for compensation but you cannot terminate the contract. So it goes back to the basic rule of condition and uh, substantive uh, elements of the of the contract. You can think about it the purpose. If you look at the slides again, the word is uh, nama, complete performance. If the failure to complete relates only to an unimportant part of his contractual obligation. The keyword there is unimportant part. So kalau rumah, rumah dia kecil sedikit, it's still a house. Tetapi sekiranya kilang, for example, you are building a factory and it is a high-tech factory where the size of the kilang of the factory must be uh, precise or else the machinery that you supposed to install in the factory, if the size doesn't fit, cannot be installed. So, for example, if you have a factory size of 50 times 30 meters, it must be 50 times 30 meters. It's very important for you to have that size. Why? Because the machine that you ordered to be installed in that factory, if the factory size is smaller, cannot fit into, into it. Then it, it is uh, regarded as an important element, important part in the contract. If the, the, the contractor fails to follow the specs, then you then you can terminate the the contract. You can consider the contract has not been perf completely performed because it is an important part of the contract. So there are differences there. So jangan nanti when you minta orang buat rumah, you sukat tangga. I know you guys are taking all these uh, estimation, specs and drawings or whatever. Taking off the aspects, tangga, certain size. Suddenly, bila dah siap, you go and take your measurement tape. You go and sukat the tangga the ladders and it happened to be one inch short from the specs so you decided not to pay the contractor you cannot do that the tangga is tangga unless you can show you can prove that it's important for the tangga for the ladder to follow exactly the specs due to certain important reasons okay alright let's move on to set number 7 the trend in construction contract I'm, I'm referring back to the divisible and indivisible contract. The contents, the condition of contract in our normal accepted standard of contract applied in the country, the contents shows that the contract is divisible type, including PAM, PWD, CIDB, IEM contract. And also the same applies to subcontractors in their subcontract. So in a way, Generally, what we are having in our possession now, in the industry now, we've been practiced, 
the contract are divisible you don't have to complete two years sampai the the the, the, the jambatan or the or the stadium complete then you pay you, you you claim for payment you don't have to wait for that you can claim for payment according to the stages you are on that's why we have this method of statement thing that's why the QLs are doing their certification the architect we do and yeah issue interim certificate this, these are the, the, the reasons why because our contracts recognize being uh, categorized as a divisible type of contract okay uh, let's move on to slide number eight I mean uh, you have to understand the, the whole picture of uh, hubungan relationship between subcon and the main con you know you know the type of contract you are in and that can also be part uh, of a similar type of contract between a subcontractor and the main contractor and the main contractor and the client so do you understand uh, the rights of the parties in that structure of contract where the subcontractor cannot directly go to the to the client to claim for whatever uh, payment he think owed by the main con okay so even though it seems that the subcontractor are on the lowest level of the hierarchy however all these parties will have their very own rights and duties alright so uh, similar with the main contractor the subcontractor must also secure themselves uh, in the contract you cannot allow yourself to be bullied by the parties cannot uh, you must make sure that your rights are clear and your obligations as well as duties are clear only then everybody can do their job properly okay uh, earlier we talked about contract and we talked about a contract must not be mandatory to be in writing however to avoid disputes Alright, it is advisable. Mostly, most, uh, ad, the most advice be given to you is to put the contract in writing and to spell out the the terms properly. Right. So similarly, it also applies to the subcontractor. You need to have your terms in writing so that you know things you have agreed to do and not to do, rather than having your contract just orally. And which can lead to potential disputes uh, while you put your term in writing it's always advisable for you to make sure that you understand the terms okay this is the, the issue with a uh, standard form of contract although we ha- it's easier for us to use standard form of contract but this this easiness causes us to be a bit lazy we doesn't want to read the terms so you must always read the terms and understand the term in case you don't understand it you 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 need to check for uh, the definition the actual meaning of the terms from those who are having legal expertise or legal knowledge so once you know the rights what does it mean what will be the legal implication you might want you might want to negotiate or revise the agreement before you sign it Okay, it's also stated that you must sign the contract. And ladies and gentlemen, it is always advice, advisable to, to you to sign each and every page of the contract. Don't just sign the one at the back where 
uh, warehouse, you left the rest of the pages empty. Okay, it's always advisable to sign each and every page, including the back page with where the the, the witnesses column are there. Okay, so you need to sign each page. Why? Because it indicates that you read each and every term and you understand each and every term. Okay, this is important. Okay, kalau you buat, uh, at least you are well protected. So in the contract, like what we have discussed earlier in the client and contractor relationship, similar things must also be uh, clarified in the subcontractor and the contractor contract, subcontract. Okay, what are they? You must incorporate the items such as scope of duty, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what are your duties and so on and so forth. You also need to state the milestones. So as I mentioned earlier, the most of the contract we are having now is a divisible contract, meaning your payment by stages. So milestone is also important uh, element because it somehow normally will indicate the stage of payment. Okay, approval of products used for the job. Uh, so when you do your thing, we have this serum, we have these British standards, and then we have certain approval for imported uh, goods. All this approval to be used in the in the in the project must be uh, cleared. Kalau tidak, you are putting yourself into a big trouble. Alright. So um, as a quality one, also required. Payment schedules, so it can be cost referred to the milestones, for example. Coordination with other subcontractors. Just imagine the construction of second bridge, how many subcontractors are there on site. So coordination with other subcontractors is very, very important. It defines your movement, it, def it defines your progress of work and completion. If you fail to coordinate, you just take into consideration your own uh, progress. Whereas at the same time, other parties are also doing their job. That might lead to, for example, delay, and might cost you dearly, may cost you LAD or even termination if you fail to complete your job. When you fail to consider coordination at the very first stage of the of the of the contract signing. Verification or inspection of work completion. Who can verify? Who can inspect? When to inspect? These are the parties involved. Alright? So uh, you must be very clear on this. As well as warranties, insurance, and indemnification. Warranty um, of goods. So we have something that we call as um, collateral warranty. So you uh, remember I told you that quite a number of subcontractors are considered as specialists subcontractor because they do specialized works they do um, electrical specialized works or machinery specialized works so when they they install they, when they install machineries this machine they are not the one who fabricate the, the machine they they buy the machine from a third party and install in the factory so the warranty technically from the supplier to them from the supplier to the subcontractor and the subcontractor will then install the machine to the factory ok 
okay so in the warranty of the machine it stops up to the subcontractor can the subcontractor further furnish warranty they can on their own capacity so i just I just just imagine this flow supply of the machine supply the machine to the subcontractor the supply of the machine warrants the machine to be okay to the subcontractor the subcontractor takes the machine install it in the factory he subcontractor warrants the machine to be okay to the main con and the same process goes to the main con the main con now warrants the machine to be okay to the client there are the tiga stage supplier warrants the machine to the subcon subcon warrants the machine to be okay to the main con main con later warrants the machine to be okay to the client in the situation where the machine is not okay the client akan claim daripada main con main con pula kena claim daripada subcon subcon kena claim daripada supplier so the process is tedious the process is messy masalah alright and they work on their own capacity it is almost uh, very much uh, recommended when the subcontractor beli machine to to be installed in the factory dapatkan warranty and ask the supplier to warrant the machine not just to him but also to the client at the end of the day so warranty machine not to the subcontractor but the warranty of the machine the person name in the warranty card for example is the client sebab client akan gunakan so you need to understand this alright the warranty so rupa yang beli itu adalah subcontractor warranty kilang kepada subcontractor tapi in the process subcontractor or the client or the main con must knows and understand that you can ask the war the kilang in providing the warranty and name the end user as the beneficiary of the warranty kalau tidak yang boleh claim warranty hanyalah hanyalah subcontractor sebab mesin dihantar kepada subcontractor okay so in if you can understand that you can tweak the process even though the machine bought by the subcontractor but the warranty is not assigned to the client so client yang dapat warrantinya sebabkan so, pembelian dan pemasangan oleh subcontractor but you have to understand here Pem- kalau mesin tu rosak disebabkan oleh production uh, issue if the machine broke because of the installation issue then warranty is void in this situation the subcontractor must be taken responsible tanggungjawabnya adalah tanggungjawab subcontractor because the machine was okay but it was broken due to the poor installation of the subcontractor there are two issues there warranty of the of the machine as it is from the factory the warranty is from the factory assigned under the name of the client okay the the the, the machine warranty because of poor installation the factory is not responsible however the subcontractor is responsible because of the machine was not uh, broken due to the poor 
quality from the factory but poor installation of the subcontractor there are two issues yang berbeza you have to understand that okay insurance as well so we talk about insurance the, the the parties must have insurance including the subcontractor as well as indemnification ganti rugi nak ganti rugi kat siapa Okay, nak namakan siapa So, just a bit of our life issue here as well So, it's normal that people now having their life insurance Okay, so kalau tak dinamakan siapa penerimanya Dia akan jadi isu yang besar Terutamanya, banyak kali berlaku juga When it involve a husband having more than one wife So, dia ada insurance Tapi tidak dinyatakan Siapakah beneficiaries kepada insurance tersebut Nak identify siapa nak ganti rugi siapa ok identification ni sebab ganti rugi insurance sebab risk management ok alright so these are the elements that you need to have in your subcontract agreement so our next slide step number 10 is about uh, a bit more detail what a subcontract agreement must have ok where possible depends on the law requirement of the of the legal, uh, laws of the day and, and, and what not where possible subcontract agreement should not limit the main contractor's impact duty okay should not limit the subcontract between the main con and the subcron should not limit the main con impact duty not to hinder or to delay the subcontractor okay so contoh example The agreement says main contractor is not responsible for any delay due to um, what uh, due to approval of the site. Okay, dia berkait-kait dan approval of the site is not the duty of the subcontractor. However, in that contract, it tries to limit the duty of the main con in such situation. So that you as a subcontractor masuk site, masuk site site tak boleh buat kerja because of uh, lambat dapat approval ok and then you punya masa berjalan your time runs and then you are not delayed and you claim for whatever compensation you said you are not responsible the contract must not allow that to happen must not put you responsible if the delay is not because of you it is impliedly the duty of the main con to make sure everything is ok and if the subcon The subcontract must not uh, limit the duties of the main contractor in such situation. Okay, I hope you understand that. Secondly, the subcontract agreement must clarify how conflicts are resolved. Adakah by way of um, of uh, meetings, by way of arbitration, by way of mediation, you must be there. So in 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 the subcontract work or in the construction work in general dispute always happen conflicts always happen masuk jalan sini salah buat kerja ini salah size ni tak betul okey lambat sikit whatever so when there are conflicts mean the main objective of the parties or the people is to complete the job itu yang dia nak buat okey bukan nak nak naik orang ke penjara Well, that's supposed to be the main agenda the main objective of the parties so when there are conflicts we need to find the best way to resolve the conflicts and if the contract is not clear or how are we going to do that then it's another conflict to a conflict you have a conflict let's resolve the conflict how to do it you have, you have no idea how to do it 
uh, that leads to another conflict one conflict leads to another unnecessary conflict you can avoid that if you have the the terms the clauses the the the, 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 the way to resolve such conflicts stated earlier in the subcontract agreement okay thirdly not restricting the subcontractor's right to damages for changes to the construction schedule or work caused by the general or main contractor alright ok you as a subcontractor you kena buat kerja you dah ada you punya tool masuk untuk buat certain type of A punya approach tiba-tiba halfway the client or domain con or whatever they change the the whole system the whole structure of the project you need to use tool B tadi you pakai tool A now you pakai tool B are you losing time and money and resources if such uh, changes take place yes alright so your subcontract agreement must not restrict or limit your right for claiming additional payment for example or compensation should that happen if that changes take place and you are entitled for claim for compensation or damages you should be allowed to claim the subcontract agreement cannot restrict that rights from you Okay, unless unless whatever happen is due to your own fault eh, itu tak boleh lah Okay, if the 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 circumstances happen due to the fault of others of the main con or the client whatever and you have the right to claim when you are claiming when you are claiming that right should be preserved the contract should not limit that Okay, understand you must be clear on this Okay. Fourthly, the subcontract agreement should not require the subcontractor to bear the cost of trade damage repair except to the extent the subcontractor is responsible for the damage. Kalau salah you sendiri, you can tanggung. Tapi kalau salah orang lain, okay, the subcontractor should not limit your right to claim for that. As I mentioned earlier, there are many people involved, many subcontractors involved in most of the project. So, katakan yang kerosakan ataupun lawatan ataupun masalah, accident, whatever was due to another subcontractor. So, your agreement with the main con must not uh, require you to pay the cost. But masalahnya, because, not because of you, but because of other people. And finally, not the contract the subcontract agreement must not require the subcontractor to waive claims for additional time, compensation, bond or retainage rights as a condition of receipt of progress except to the extent the subcontractor has received or will receive payment. Okay. Mandi is your right dapatkan payment for additional time, dapatkan payment. Okay as a condition of receipt of progress maksudnya dia kata kalau you nak dapatkan payment you kena waive your right for additional time sedangkan masalah kelambatan bukan sebabkan you agreement yang bagus must not have that clause ok contoh kedua you nak dapatkan payment interim payment progress payment you kena sign accept the payment However, it stated there, by signing this, you are now waiving, you melepaskan hak-hak you untuk dapatkan ganti rugi, dapatkan masa tambahan. Don't accept that. That agreement shouldn't be there. Sebab that agreement is berat sebelah. So, additional time, 
is different thing. Your right for payment is different thing. They cannot be a condition for payment unless you lepaskan hak-hak for that. Then you are will be at the losing part, losing end. Okay, so I hope you understand that the terms, uh, the rights and duties of the parties uh, in the subcontract agreement. I hope you understand what you need to do, what you shouldn't do, and you. I hope you also understand in detail now what will be the rights of the parties uh, dalam subcontract agreement. Alright, so then don't allow yourself to be bullied, but you can only do so when you know your stuff, when you know your what is your right and what is your obligations. Okay, kalau you gagal memahami perkara-perkara itu, then the parties can bully you, and when they you try to refer the matter to the contract, not none was stated in the contract, so it's very very loose. So I'm 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 quite uh, unhappy to see some of the subcontractors having a very very loose contract just a piece of paper stating the parties and work to be done without all the other things stated there okay nowadays you have a standard form of subcontract agreement you can use that as a reference and then you can uh, tweak it according to your need if necessary okay you have EIC subcontract agreement boleh boleh rujuk as a as a panduan guidance for you in your subcontract work letter okay guys i think that's all for this week class i'm sorry for some of the glitches in my lecture today uh sedikit pening after pkp3 right anyway i hope that everybody will be okay and let's keep our spirit high let's keep our motivation uh, to the maximum to go through this uh, hard period we are facing thank you very much uh, take care have a nice Dear Head, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bye, take care.